Welcome to the Preach and Persuade podcast. My name is Sam Parada. I'm here with Dan Rudman. It's been a few weeks since we've done one. Been busy, did some trapping, tried to get some bobcats. <laughs> Didn't really work. Got, uh, what did we get? Six, uh, six possums, two skunks, and a raccoon. <laughs> so I got some fur, but... It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was good to be in the woods. We, we both got a bunch of poison ivy, though, too, so... <laughs> No bobcats, poison ivy, <laughs> but it was good to be out in the woods in the fresh air and in nature. So anyway, this podcast, we're going to, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about, I mean, everybody's talking about this, so I don't, I don't want to like, you know, think that I, oh, I mean, I'm going to be the guy to critique the, he gets us, you know, commercial on the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the Daily Wire guys are all putting out videos and are stuff they? on them. So yeah, yeah everybody's wow. talking about it. I've read some sub stacks from people on them. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you watch the Super Bowl, you, you probably saw that he gets us Super Bowl ad. Um, and, you know, they, they did one last year, I think, and it was like, be like a child. And so I don't, I don't know everything about the organization. Right. He gets us. Um, I don't, I think I perused their website at one point, and, and it's, it's very vague, it's very ambiguous. There's really no, names on it like nobody really knows i'm sure some people know who's really behind it or what group of people are behind it but that doesn't even matter uh but we're gonna think about this this ad and use it kind of as a as a segue into more of an exegetical look at jesus washing his disciples feet because this year's 2024 super bowl ad was all about this idea at the very end of the ad it says uh, Jesus, what does it say? He doesn't teach hate. Yeah. Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. Right. So they're basically saying that, uh, you know, these things are opposed to each other. These two ideas are opposed to each other. To to wash feet is to uh, is the good thing. Is the good thing, uh, and it's opposed to being hateful. Um, mm-hmm. So they're saying he he didn't teach hate. He washed feet, and then obviously before that, it was just a bunch of different kind of still images, scenes of different people washing different people's feet, you know, very, uh, if you look at the, the images, I mean, they're, they're Mm. very, uh, (laughs) like politically charged images. Yeah, they Uh, really are. They really are, uh, very intentional about a lot of, a lot of diversity. Yep. uh, Intersectional. What's called intersectional. Yep. If you don't know that, I think most people are getting used to that. You got Muslims in it. You got a lot of black people in it. You got, you got American Indians in it. I'm I'm guessing some people who are, you know, gay. Yep. Oh, clearly. They try to portray that. Yep. You have a a girl that just got out out of an abortion clinic. Yep. And in the background are, it's implied are the people with signs, the pro life, you know. And they're somehow maybe not. Yeah. I don't know if the image is clearly depicting them as the bad people. Yeah, that's the and idea. Then uh-huh. This woman who is washing this girl's feet after she just had an abortion. Right. That's that's what Jesus would do. Yeah. So that's that's what you know. And at, at the very end, you have this yep. priest. I don't know some priest. He you know he's wearing black and had a collar on, um, with a cross necklace. So maybe he's he's Roman Catholic or Anglican or something. But he's washing a gay guy's feet. Yeah. Like that's very clear. Clearly, what that image is. Right. So they're saying that that's what Jesus taught. He 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 didn't teach hate. He washed feet, and and it's just very interesting. You know, we're going to talk about this um, obviously from the text. Yeah. Where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Which you know, Sam, if could I jump in? Yeah. I think that's the big thing. You know, Sam and I talked about this yesterday, and 
you would have to know Sam and I, we hit heads, not in a bad way. We, we argue like, how do you approach this thing? Yeah. And the thing that strikes me about all of this is like, it come, always comes back to me. Like you have to start with first things first. Yeah. And you got to go, first of all, you don't just take an image of Jesus washing feet and make it be what you want it to be. Right. And this happens so often in our Christian circles. Yep. You have to start. Let's go to the text. Yeah. What's what, actually what's going on here? actually being said here? Yeah. And then, and so actually, again, like you said, they're putting these things against each other, and I'm sure we'll get to this. But yeah. That's not. We don't have the option. I mean, if you study this biblically, and we'll get here. God is not saying pick this one or pick this one. Right. That's not the issue. No. And, and but that's what gets put. That's right. That's the message that gets put out. Right. There. And so what they're basically saying is, you know, behind the he washed feet. Like, well, that's kind of vague. Like, what do you even yeah. mean he washed feet? <clears throat> yeah. What's like to, to the person that's not a Christian that's watching that Super Bowl, like they they would have no category. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah. Unless they studied, uh, you know ancient Middle Eastern culture, what the heck that even means. Right. That's <laughs> like, true. Uh, like, what do you mean he washed feet? Yeah. But they're what they're basically saying behind this, you know, behind that he washed feet is he accepted. He, accepted. he loved. Yep. Um, he didn't hate. He didn't teach right. hate. He he accepted these people. Right. He loved these people. And then they put all these different people. Well, but even that, we probably will get to that. Even when you say he loved, of course he loved. Yeah. But what does that mean? What does that mean? What do you mean he loved? Do you mean like... Yeah. Affirmation, acceptance is love of right. something that's destructive, right? that's against God's holiness. And anytime we're against God's holiness, we're actually doing something destructive to ourselves. Right. So you so, got to think this yeah, through. Yeah, the point is it's not, it's not one or the other. It's, it's something yeah. different. The Christian it's does something, something different. different. That's yeah. the way to say it. It's not yeah. even, it's not even, you don't even say both and. It's yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. Jesus does tell us to love our enemies. Yep. Yeah, we don't hate. <laughs> but... We also don't affirm. Don't affirm. <laughs> no, a simple a, lifestyle. We it's don't. A, it's a completely different. It's, it's different picture. Yeah. So yeah, let's just get into the text. I mean, because you would think you hear a lot. You hear a lot of. I mean, I've heard the foot washing example brought up in many different situations mm-hmm. as kind of like the the premier example of what it means to be this loving and accepting person, mm. and. People will use Christians or, or non Christians alike will kind of prop the foot washing scene up as like this this ultimate thing. You would you would think that it was found in every gospel. You'd think that it's like like uh, the climax of of the gospels. You would think yeah. that it was it was this. Um, well, Christians, I think what you're probably trying to get at, Sam, is that Christians and even non Christians would look at this scene that they hear about in the gospel, whether they've really studied it or not. And it sort of gives the imagery that affirms their already preconceived idea of acceptance yeah. and love so that foot, everybody wants to have. The foot washing scene is a lot like, and we you mentioned this yesterday, yeah. a lot like the John 8 Jesus with the woman who was caught in adultery yeah, right. type of thing. And we it's already like, co- covered that. We already you covered, put it yeah, in your, what, you I don't even remember what podcast that was on. Yeah. Um, but the point is, is that here you have this you have this scene you have this um, this narrative it's only found like for instance the woman uh, caught in adultery is only found in the Gospel of John John yeah John eight yeah, yeah John eight the, the the foot washing scene is only found in the Gospel of John it's not found right. in the synoptics right uh, and so 
And by the way, when you say only, it doesn't mean it's not the Word of God. We're right. Not, no, no, not, no, no. It's no, not yeah, less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just saying it's not the quintessential perfect uh, uh, imagery of what people want it to be. It's yeah. something different. Right. Right? And we need to clarify that biblically, first of all. Right. But what they're doing is they're taking something that's floating around out in the world. Yep. We need to be accepting. We need to be affirming of all this stuff. Yep. That's actually they, the message of the And they call the, the scriptures. What could we well, twist to back yeah, that up? Yeah. And they may not, in, in fairness, they not, may not even be thinking twisting. Right. They just flippantly, without study, right. read this image and go, oh, yeah, that's a nice image. Let's, let's call that. Let's call it that. Right? Yeah. 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 And, and it's like, so, so yeah, this gets into a whole biblical theological discussion, even we'll properly get to it today. But, um, you know, what is love? Yeah. You know, what is love? Mm-hmm. You know, everything's about love, right? Everybody's, you, oh, know, you hear it everywhere. It's all about love, right? And it's like, okay, but let's step back two, three steps and say, okay, first of all, let's say, what does God say love is? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't just take love and attach it to what the world thinks it is. Right. Right. Exactly. So, okay. John 13. This is the foot washing scene. I mean, it's really interesting. It's a re- really fascinating chunk of scripture. Uh, there's a lot of debate around it. Uh, we're not going to get into some of the, the the most debated aspects of it, which is just the timing of it. Don't need to get into that. That's a different discussion because um, there there seems to be a difference between John uh, John's uh, depiction of like the, the events, the the timeline of the events of Jesus's um, uh, crucifixion versus the synoptics. Nonetheless, starting in verse one of John thirteen. John says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, arose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So we'll we'll stop there. I mean, again, just some historical background. Uh, the Middle East, Israel, I mean, dirt, dirt roads, mm-hmm. dusty. It was, when you would go into somebody's house, you you had to get your feet washed because if you didn't, I mean, you're wearing sandals. Yeah. You would literally <laughs> bring in dirt. Bring in dirt. <laughs> and no different today. We don't like dirt in our houses. Yeah. I, live in the, I live in the country. I make everybody take their shoes off. Exactly. <laughs> I actually do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, we have, for the most part, we have shoes that cover the entirety of our feet and we're not walking on dusty, dirty roads all the time. Right. Um, but they wore sandals and their feet, literally, you would imagine, would be literally covered in dirt. Yeah. Just dust, dirt. And, and you had to, put them in a basin of water and get them washed. Otherwise, the house would be trashed. Mm-hmm. So it's this very practical thing that everybody had to do. But now, the big question is, uh, who did it? Whose job was it to wash people's feet mm. when somebody entered the house? Well, it was the servant or slave's job. And it was considered to be the one of the lowliest of tasks. Uh, the lowest of the low were the ones that washed feet, the lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. So much so that even a Jewish slave wasn't allowed or or it would be despised even for a Jewish slave to wash feet. So it was it was a task given to the Gentile slave or a task in that culture given to kind of women or children. 
women or children, Gentile slaves especially, would be mm-hmm. the foot washers. So that's that's all there in the background. That's all there in the culture right now. And so they're at supper, and Jesus gets up, <laughs> and he takes off his outer garment. He 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 ties a towel around his waist. So what's what's he doing? He's he's actually he's actually dressing the part too. He's not just doing the job of foot washing. He's he's making himself look the part. He's mm-hmm. he's putting himself in in a sense slaves' clothes. So not only is he doing the job of a slave, but he's looking. He looks like a slave too while he's mm-hmm. doing it. And that would have like, as you, you mean you read the commentaries as Jesus is doing this. The disciples would have been they would have like, oh, what, what is he doing? What like, mm-hmm. they would have been shocked, shocked that he's taking off his clothes, tying the towel around his waist, getting the water in the basin. They would have like, pretty quickly figured out what he was doing and would have been in a sense appalled. Yeah, and we'll see that in the text. Uh, but that that's all there. That's all there. So, I mean, it is a beautiful picture. It's a picture. If we think of, you know, Philippians 2, you know, the, basically the God of the universe humbles himself and takes on human yeah. flesh. Yeah. Uh, and, and we know that Jesus, uh, you know, not only takes on human flesh, but he takes on our, our very sin on the cross. Right, right. sure. So he, he gets to the low of the low by bearing our wickedness and our grossness to cleanse us. So that's, we'll get to that, but that's kind of what this is pointing towards. Yeah. So then... It says in verse six, he came to Simon Peter. Step back one step before yeah. that. I find it interesting the context that's being set in uh, uh, verse one, having loved his own own who were in the world. Hmm. My point is, is even this whole picture here. Yeah, he is doesn't based... say having loved everyone. No, he didn't say that. Right. Again, we can get. We'll talk more about that. Yeah, God has a a, a real love for all of us. Yeah, in the creation. Yeah, but he had a specific love. Yeah. For those he had called out of the world. Yep. Now, which is interesting here because even Judas is in that. Yeah. So that even. Yeah, we'll, like we'll we talk get, about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll talk. But the point is, I just want you to, he, it says here, it literally says, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, he would depart out of this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Yeah. So there's, there's there, and again, we'll get to that more, but yep. there's the context here is, is he's expressing something to them that's, the image of a servant and all these things, but it's it's in this context of, of I love my my sheep, my sheep that have I mean, come out of I mean, the world and they're with me. I mean, yep. th- think about this contextually too. I mean, this is John thirteen, and yep. we 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 three chapters earlier, John it was John ten, and Jesus is teaching these yep. Pharisees and these these Jews in John ten, and <laughs> he's telling me like, hey, I I I lay down my life for my sheep. Yep. My sheep. You yep. don't believe me, Pharisees, because you are not of my sheep. And he says that. He says it. So it's all about this, I have my own, my own know me, they hear my voice, they follow me. Yep. And he's telling these these religious leaders, you're not mine. You're not my yeah, sheep. Yeah. John 6, right before that, uh, four chapters before John 10, you have Jesus you know, teaching on, oh, you must eat my flesh, drink my blah, 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 yeah. blah. But he, he says that because he before that he says you have to believe in me and they still didn't get it. They just wanted to get their, their guts filled, these Jews that were yeah, yep. they saw him feed the five thousand, da 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 da. They wanted to see another miracle, they wanted to feed their bellies, they wanted more food, and 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 he's telling them, No, you gotta believe in me, you gotta believe in me, and they still didn't get it. So he finally says something really outlandish just to shock them. No, you gotta eat me. 
<laughs> you got to drink my blood. And they're like, what? But it was to, it was. And literally says, them, he even uses the word disciples, meaning all these people at that point. Yeah, left. They weren't truly. Right. Disciples in, a, in another sense. Right. We'd have to get there. And then, but exactly. they said they all departed. And, and, then, and then he says, you know, he says to his disciples, the ones that he's about to wash their feet, yep. that stay with them. Yep. You know, you know, nobody comes to me unless the Father draws him. Yep. So all of that is is building up to this. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, That's, there's, there's a context, context that, you that John get. is fleshing out for so us. So when he's starting to wash feet, there's a specific group here. Group here. His own. Focus that he has for a purpose. And, and his love, yep. his love is on them. Yes. So that's important. Yeah. And already, already, you start to see... Um, Maybe where the, the, the Super Bowl ad he gets us at is maybe starting to get a little off. Not necessarily, but we'll, we'll, we'll flesh that out a little bit here. Yep. But so then, you know, he comes to Simon Peter, who obviously we know is, uh, is, 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 can be obnoxious and put his foot in his mouth <laughs> <laughs> and is quick to say something. Without Gosh, maybe... I thought it said Sam there. Yeah, it's Sam Parada. Oh. Is that what it said? <laughs> Same initials. I wish people could see our arguments. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, so we came to Sam Parada. Uh, Sam, Sam, you can't cut the guy's head off. Yeah. Why would he got his ear? I know, but you were aiming for his yeah. back. Come on. Uh, Simon Peter, who said to him, he says, I mean, you can, there's emphasis here. Lord, do you wash my feet? Like that's that's kind of the inflection you should think about. Like, Lord, do you wash my feet? Yeah. Like you wash my feet? Yeah. Big emphasis on my. Sure. Like, like, like just appalled. Like, what are you doing, Jesus? You're washing my feet? We should be washing your feet. But yep. even that is weird because I mean, this is a servant's job. Yeah. This is a slave's job. What's going on? Yeah. So just absolutely shocked of right. the scene that's happening before yeah. And Jesus answered him, what I am doing, you do not understand it now. Yeah. But afterward, you will understand. You'll, you'll get it. You'll get it. The light will go on. Yep. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. I mean, black and white language, you shall never wash my feet. Like, no way. You, this is not going to happen. <laughs> You're a rabbi. You're a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, uh, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Mm. And <laughs> that's really interesting because here Jesus is, is he's, he's, he's putting on the clothes of a slave He's doing the slave's job. He's serving them in this very humble way. Like about as... Uh, more, there's no m more humbling of a, of a job than this right now. Mm -hmm. And and yet, he still has that voice of authority in the midst of it. Yeah, isn't that awesome? And he says, no, Peter, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Yeah. There still is that. He still is the Lord. Yeah. He still is in charge here. Yeah. So, and there's an emphasis here too, right, Sam? I think you probably get to it, but like, it is he is demonstrating servant, uh, 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 being a servant. Yeah. But there's really in the center of that is washing. Yeah. 
this cleansing. It's cleansing. Like they need to be cleansed. They need to be cleansed. That's the whole image here. And Jesus answered, yeah, if, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And so that Peter's just like, okay. He's always <laughs> you say got, so. That guy's always got the pedal to the metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you say so. You gotta, I got my like, my feet too. Of course, I like that, you know. Uh, I mean, and, and what a what a cool change though. Like, Jesus says, you know, what I'm doing, you don't understand now, but you'll get it. And Peter's like, you know, I don't know. You'll never wash me. But then Jesus corrects him and says, no, Peter, if I don't wash you, you, you have no share with me. Yeah. But this just shows that Peter, he really does love Jesus. Oh, yeah. So much so that you go, okay, Jesus, you said it. If you, I want to be with you. Mm-hmm. I want to share with you. So then wash my hands and my head too then. Yeah. <laughs> Implying kind of a... It's this exuberance yep. of like, okay, I, wa- I want all of you, Jesus. Yep. Wash all of me then, in a sense. Yep. So then verse 10, Jesus said to him, the one who has, who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but it's completely clean, and you are clean, but not every one of you. So and that's a kind of a, a confusing text. What does he mean by that? There's some debate, but mm. the, the gist of the point, just the point is, is this. Like, um, if I wash your feet, you're clean. Like you don't need additional washing, mm-hmm. and and it's pointing to the reality of you know the cross work of Christ. I mean, think of think of Hebrews uh, and the author of Hebrews laying out this reality of uh, a sacrifice once and for all that ends all sacrificing. Yeah. You don't have to get washed again. Yep. Like you don't. If I wash your feet, you're clean. Yeah. Because the foot washing is uh is an image of Christ's atoning and cleansing death on the cross. He only needs to do that once. And if he clean cleanses you, you're cleansed forever. There's no additional cleansing need to be done. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the point that he's making there. No, no, okay, yeah, hands, feet, whatever, um, head. No, if I wash your feet, basically what he's saying, if I wash you, Peter, you're clean. Don't need any more washing. And then he says, um, yeah, he says, and, and you are clean, but not every one of you in reference to Judas, obviously Iscariot, as we mm-hmm. learned in the beginning of the of the passage that Satan had already put in his heart to betray Christ. Yeah. And it says, for he knew who was to betray him. There we go. That, w- that, w- that was why he said, not all of you are clean. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? So, verse 12, when he had finished their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? So now he's going to teach him, you know, kind of explain what this is pointing towards. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who, is, who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate at my he who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now, before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. So this is where people will veer in a wrong direction mm-hmm. and they'll say, okay, see, Jesus says, Hey, do this too. I've, I provided the example. 
Now you are to go and wash people's feet. Mm-hmm. And they make it a one-for-one reality. But they're missing, they're missing the point. Uh, Jesus is, is doing this foot washing with his disciples in order to paint a picture of his atoning death on the cross. So this is all about the cross work. Uh, and th- we don't replicate and we can't replicate Christ's cleansing death on the cross. Uh, we can't cleanse people from their sins. Uh, I can't serve uh, my my brother in the Lord, or I can't serve my neighbor by cleansing him from his from his sins. I can't do that. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm also wicked and guilty and, and sinful and gross. So we all need to be cleansed by Christ's atoning death if mm-hmm. we want to be saved. We all need to have our feet washed, you know, by Christ, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So then, what are how are we to then follow this example? Well, it's not the example of foot washing. It's it's the example of just humble service. It's the example of of uh, lowering our, lowering ourselves, and taking on the form of a humble servant, and serving one another out of this sacrificial love. We don't do that in the same way that Jesus did that. He did that by actually dying for us. Mm-hmm. We do it in different ways. Now, some have thought, well, this is a this is Jesus instituting one another ordinance. Uh, so you have the Lord's Supper, you have baptism, and now you have foot washing. And so some some churches actually practice foot yeah. washing as an ordinance. Uh, it's a very common practice for Maundy Mon- Thursday services mm-hmm. that they they do foot washing. Yeah. Uh, but that again, that's that's probably missing the point. One, at least in that culture, foot washing served a practical purpose. Right. Today. It doesn't. It wouldn't yeah. serve any practical purpose. To wash my feet would just be what? Yeah. What are you doing? I have socks on. I have shoes on. You don't. Even, my yeah. my feet aren't gross and dirty. Well, it, couldn't you say this too, Sam? I mean, there's examples here, right? Uh, we're saying of what he's going to do on the cross, of of uh, being a servant. Those are all really good things, and we could find lots of passages for that. But it just strikes me that we get to verse twenty. True, truly, I say to you, he who receives. Uh, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. And it seems to me like part of what he's saying, of course, and we know this fleshes itself out in the rest of the Scripture, is that they are going to be sent in his name with this message. Yeah. We just say the gospel, really. Yeah, yeah. And those that receive this yeah. message, right, receive Christ— in other words, if they receive me, I come to you and I bring the gospel to you and you receive the message. You're actually receiving Christ. Yeah. You're actually receiving the Father. You know, I'm doing a Bible study with a group of other guys and it's been interesting to me in First, Second John. Like you can't separate the acceptance of who Jesus is without accepting the Father. You can't accept right. the Father without accepting that this is eternal life, yeah. that this is even obedience of the commandments, that this is love for one another. Yeah. It's like you can't separate any of these things. And there's a sense here to me, and maybe that's because I've been studying that other recently, it's all tied together here. Yeah. So he's saying, I'm giving you this imagery that I'm going to do this work of cleansing for you. Yep. And, and, and it's actually me humbling myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, the Lord and the teacher, and I'm putting on the thing, and I'm doing something for yeah. you. And if you receive this... Because he clearly, Judas didn't. Judas didn't, right. Even though it looked like he went through the motions. Right. But he didn't really receive it. Right. But if you receive this, 
And then you you take this to the world and deliver this message to the world. Yep. And they receive it. Yeah. Right? Um, they're receiving the Father. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, yes, there's an imagery here of serving people, of loving pe- people, but but the loving here is I'm bringing something to you. And yeah. It's this message that does cleanse, and and you and this message begins with who God is. It begins with, uh, 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 yeah, who God is, who I am. I'm fallen. I'm sinful. I'm separated. I need to pursue the justice of God, the mercy of God, the, the, the salvation that comes through bowing to Christ. Yeah. Right? Yep. And it, it, fundamentally, I mean, the message is I am dirty. Yes. I, I have dirty feet, and I need them to be clean. Yeah, and I can't clean my own. I can't clean my own. That's what I'm getting. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, There's something wrapped up in here, a big picture. Right. That's not just about the service. Not right. just I bowed to serve somebody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, but, but it's bigger than that. Way it's, bigger. It's this... Whole picture cleansing right. of a message. Right. I'm coming to you. I'm bringing something to you. So even think of that. When I bring the gospel to you, when I bring the gospel to a person, even if they reject that gospel, there is a sense in which I'm bowing, humbling myself, bringing something to them in love. That's actually what I'm doing. I'm, I'm bringing you the most vital, important thing I could ever bring to you. And it's literally to even help you diagnose that you have the worst cancer ever. It's called sin. Yep. And that's all wrapped up with this idea of love. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. And you know, fascinating too that all the while this is going on, he he keeps he makes sure to keep distinguishing the one who's to betray him. Like, hey, there's one of you who, uh, yeah, you know, that I haven't chosen. Because he, he says, yeah. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen. Yeah, he says it. He says, basically implying, I did not choose Judas. Right. Meaning, I did not actually cleanse Judas. Right. I'm not going to cleanse him. Right. I'm not going to die for him. Yeah. And and this is actually an interesting uh, kind of a side application of this text, too. Is kind of a, it's a good apologetic against what we would call sacramentalism. Yeah. That Let's salvation comes... That. Salvation comes via, or righteousness comes to you through uh, uh, partaking of the sacrament. Doing something. Doing something. So you, you know, Christ paid for your sin, and you receive that righteousness. It, it, the Catholic phraseology is in, it's infused in you. It's infused in you through partaking of the sacrament. Right. So if you just go through the motions right. of the sacrament, whether it's the Eucharist, yeah. taking of the Eucharist. It's efficacious. It's effective. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. effective. You get a little bit of righteousness by partaking of this sacrament. Right. So Judas had his feet washed by Christ here. And it didn't cleanse him. It didn't cleanse him. Because this isn't sacramentology. This isn't a sacrament. Yeah, it's good. This is this is an image that's pointing to what actually cleanses Christ's work on the cross. Right. The Holy Spirit coming in you and regenerating your heart right. through faith. Very good. Um, so, so yes. this is just really important, right? Because this is biblical theological of what is the foot washing really all about? Yeah, it's about Jesus dying for your sin on the cross. Right. So that, so that, I mean, I think of Ephesians one, like the plan for the fullness of time. What what's going on here? What, Jesus, uh, he is saving us from our sins so that we can be holy and blameless before him. Right. So that we can sin no longer. So that we can shed the old life, the wicked life that we once lived. Yeah. You know, we'll so well, so we can, 
so we can be sterilized to enjoy the presence of God, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole movement of love. God, we you know, there's the whole discussion theologically, but like God had this love f- for me, and He wants me to be in His presence, and He yeah. wants to bless me right. and make me His own, and He has to do this work to do that. And yeah. the most loving thing He can do, then, yeah, is bring this message to me. Yeah. Even allow me to crash and burn in my life to get at the bottom to realize right. what a mess I am. Yeah. That's actually the goodness of God. Right. Right? So God's doing this incredible work. That's that's the thing. And so I, I don't know where you're going to go entirely, Sam, but let's just say right now, this is not a message about acceptance. No, 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 no. It's the exact opposite <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so much different. It's your, your life of sin, um, and if we think about the commercial again, yeah. The implication about the commercial is that love is, hey, your lifestyle that you live, it's all fine. Yep. He accepts you. He accepts you. He, he washes doesn't, your feet. Doesn't hate you. And and they're missing what the foot washing is all about. If you wanted to get the scene right, if you wanted to get the commercial right, mm-hmm. you could do what they did, honestly. Yeah. But you could you could somehow show. Uh, you could express, for instance, the guy who's clearly homosexual in that scene, and then the, the priest is washing his feet. If you wanted to get that right in a gospel sense, yeah. you would have a ver- the next image after that would be him forsaking his homosexual lifestyle. Right. Which, did you see the other commercial that came out? Somebody's got a commercial floating around out there in the social media world. That's I, I actually haven't. Oh, dude, it shows like, like the guy that was... A jihadist, and then it shows a picture. He's not a jihadist. Yeah, exactly. Shows Rosaria Butterfield, and it literally lesbian. says, you know, uh, yep. a, a lesbian or, or queer, or whatever yep. was activist. Right now, shows a picture of her redeemed. Right, and it shows all these juxtapositions yes. of this is where they were. Now they are, and right. it says, uh, Jesus not only gets us, but he saves us. That's right. See, that's they, that's. I don't know who came out with that. Right, that's, it's just been floating. But that's around. it. That's it right yeah, there. Right, and so right. people are onto this. Yeah, I mean, everybody's. A lot of people are onto this. Like, yep, yeah. yep. They meant like that commercial. He gets us commercial on the Super Bowl. Missed the gospel. Yep. Because it did not depict what the foot washing is all about. It's all about cleansing us of our sins so that we no longer live as sinners. Yep. We forsake our sin. We forsake right. our old life, and right. we put on. The clean clothes of Christ in, yeah. in a holy life, and so this is. Uh, I mean, Paul says this in First Corinthians six, uh, verse starting verse nine. He says, "Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God." And such were some of you. That's the key text. And such were some of you. Yep. But you were washed. Here we go. Listen to this this wording. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. But you were washed. Such were some of you. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? Guess what? We all fit into that list. You know, these people won't inherit the kingdom of God. Hey, guess what? Hey, I'm in that list too. Yep. We're all in that list. None right. of us are going to inherit it. Right. But what does Christ do? He washes and cleanses us. Right. He regenerates us with Very the spirit. Good. And and that old life then is now dead. And we live now for Christ by the power of the spirit, instructed with the word to live a holy life, forsaking the old life. Mm-hmm. 
So that's what that commercial totally missed. They yep. they missed the uh, they missed the and such were some of you, but you were washed. Yep. So if they wanted to do it right, which obviously that that other commercial that came out yeah. subsequent to it. Yeah, I don't know who did that, but it's yep, pretty but good. they got it right. You know, yeah. you could have really made a really powerful gospel commercial if you had, <laughs> had these people leaving that yep. leaving that old life and repenting of their sin. Yeah, because that's what washing really does. So you can flip it and you can go, well, if they don't live, if they don't leave their 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 sinful lifestyle and they continue in that lifestyle, mm-hmm. then they, they were never washed. So that's that's the point. Yeah. And, and, and Jesus often talks about this. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, well, John talks about this in First John. You've been studying First John. Yeah. If for- you if you continue to make a practice of sinning, the truth is not in you. Like you've never known the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Paul talks about this. This would be First uh, Corinthians thirteen, which would be a whole study in itself. Yeah, the, you know, people want to talk about the love, chapter love, of love, love but yeah, you yeah. got to work through that and 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 really think it through. You know, um, of course, it's all these things: long suffering, it's kind, it's gentle. But then you get down to thirteen six: does not rejoice in wrong, unrighteousness. Yeah, love does not um, uh, rejoice. Right. In wrong, in right. in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. Yeah, and so this becomes this confusion of truth and love. Yeah, in fact, the construct I have for that, Sam, is that if truth, I'll try to say this slowly. If truth is greater than love, okay, truth is greater than love. People are afraid of this because truth automatically means this thing's true, this is not true, or. This is right. This is wrong. So you have to make a judgment when yeah. you deal with truth, mm-hmm. right? It's it's antithesis sounds fancy, yeah, but yeah. it's like this is true. This is wrong. Yep. Okay. So it's it's a disagreement, which means it is a judgment. Yep. You have to make a judgment with truth, and if you devalue the other person, then they become an enemy, and then there becomes an intolerance and an extremism and a violence and a terrorism. Even mm. think think of Islam. Yep. Okay. Well, we have the truth. Well, then that guy's the enemy. Kill him. Yep. But what's really fascinating, on the other side, so if truth is greater than love, you end up with this. This is an enemy. Let's yeah, annihilate yeah. him. Yep. If love is greater than truth, you end up with what we're dealing with now in our culture. Yeah. This kind of passive pluralistic relativism, like yeah. all acceptance. Yep. And it becomes this mushy sentimentalism. Mm. But what's interesting is First John forces God is love, and He is truth, and I am the way, the truth, and life. Yeah. So the work of Christ, His truth is, if you could say, a disagreement and a judgment. Hey, you're wrong and you're in sin. Yeah. But His love is demonstrated. Say foot washing is in sacrifice for sinners, the enemies in need of a savior. Yeah. Why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So what Jesus does is he cuts the link of the disagreement and the devaluing. Yep. So the point is this. Love that is not truth is not love. Yep. Truth that is not love is not truth. Yep. There it is. And he demonstrates this perfectly in the picture of who he is on the cross. He brings it together, and it's no longer one against the other. Right. Right. They they fit together. Right. Yeah. So, So the most truthful thing that could have happened there instead of washing a person's feet that's in some kind of sinful life, is to plead with them, do you see that your sinful life has alienated you to God? Yeah. That's your problem. Yeah. And if you would turn from that, 
if you would turn from that, this would be the message, right? If you'll yeah. turn from that, Jesus will wash your feet. Yeah. And he'll cleanse you. Yeah. And then, and, go, and then go and sin no more. Yep. There we go. Exactly. Right? That, I mean, that, that actually uh, is the yeah. message. Yeah, it is the message. That is the message. And it's, oh man, it, it is. So so I love the, the closure of that one. Again, I just saw it floating around. But it says he, um, he not only gets us, but he saves us. Yeah. See, that's the gospel. Yeah, that is the gospel. Yes. This whole idea of like, uh, Jesus doesn't teach hate. Um, hate is such a charged word these yeah. days. Yeah. And like, again, it's another thing, just like we have to ask the question, what is love? Yeah. You know, what is hate? Uh, I mean, that's a whole nother. Yeah, that'd be another podcast, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know. I don't even know if we want to get into it. No, because that, that's, that's this problem with God. Okay, so on one hand, the same thing. Does God love all of his creation? Does he love everybody? Well, yes. But at the same time, it says you're children of wrath. Yeah, you have to nuance. You have to nuance. You're under. What, if you're in your you sin and separated from God, you are an enemy of God. Yeah. In in the scriptures, love is is a covenantal word. Yeah. So we can get a little bit off when we start to use love or apply the word love as just this general love that God has for all creation. Yeah, yes. We can talk about it that way, but we got to be careful. Yes. Is is creation itself an act of love? Yes, because creation isn't necessary. Yeah. God exists necessarily. He mm. is his own existence. He he has life in him in him of himself. He's totally satisfied in himself. He needs nothing outside of himself. Right. He all that he's all that is. And so out of the overflow of his abundant perfection in life. Yeah. He who is love creates and then get and shares his very existence yeah. with then his creation. Mm-hmm. So he speaks creation into existence from nothing as an act of love, as an overflow of his love. It's good. So we exist here today, right now in this moment, everybody on earth, whether a believer or a non-believer, whether an animal or a leaf or whatever, everything is here because God is loving. Yeah. And he is love. Yeah. So, yes, we can speak about creation, the, the to- totality of creation as it's an act of God's love. Yeah. We're only here because God's love. Yeah. Now, but the scriptures talk about an electing love. Yeah. A covenantal. A covenantal right. love. He makes a covenant with people. Right. And he and he draws them into deeper intimacy with himself. Yeah. And they get to enjoy this covenantal intimate relationship with their maker. Yeah. And so you have this dichotomy then in scripture of love and hate. Hate, we automatically, we we read into the word hate, at least in scripture, we often read into it our human fallen finite experience of hate. Yeah. Um, emotionalism. It's this it's this emotion that overtakes us and we're angry and we're bitter and we hate. Yeah. And we feel it. Yeah. That's not God's hate. God doesn't have passions like we have passions. That's good. Um, we, the the classical attribute we would call impassibility. God does not experience passions. Um, so when the scriptures, because the scriptures do talk about God hating. Yeah. I mean, let me just read you a, a passage. Yeah, this is important. This is uh, this is Psalm five. Uh, 
I'll just read the whole psalm. It's not that long. It says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. This is a psalm of David, by the way. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Verse 4. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. It's like Yeah, you don't delight in wickedness. No. Evil may not dwell with you. There it is. Wow. And then he says, the boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and the deceitful man. Mm. I mean, that's some some strong coffee. (laughs) Well, it is. It's very serious. But it's covenantal language. Very good. So it's not... You you could read that, and somebody from you know a non Christian could read that, and they could automatically think that God is this like sadistic, emotional, like right. uh, like a god that you know humans invent, right? Like the Greek gods, like oh they're they're sexually immoral and impassioned and emotional and yeah. vengeful. No, no. But God is holy, and He can't be in the presence of. See, but, but what you're doing with this, Sam, is exactly what we what we were talking about when we began this podcast yeah. about love. Yeah, you've got to go biblically, and you've got to think what this, is this through step by step. Yeah. Otherwise, you grab something out there like yeah. from a culture, and now we're going to take this Bible passage or story and attach it to it. Yep. it's not what it's talking. It's not about. what it's talking about. So hate here. Yep, very is, important is, is a covenantal word. God hates those who He has not made a covenant with. Yep. God hates those who are outside of his covenant. Yep. That doesn't Well, God hates evil. And God hates evil. Unrighteousness. Yeah. And those outside no, of his saving grace, right. his covenant, yep. are evildoers. Yep. They're outside of the covenant. Yep. So and, and so even the evil in their sin in their life is embodied by them. I mean yeah. that's that's important. Because yeah. people say, Oh, God uh you know, uh hates the sin but loves the sinner. Well, even that, you got to be careful what you mean, what do you by, mean that? by that. What do you mean by that? Because actually, no, you're an object of God's wrath. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and in that covenant, you really got to you really got to flesh this out. Like, yeah. no, the people who do not repent of their sins, the people who who die unbelieving and God hating, and the Bible talks about this. Humans hate God. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, yeah. They they will spend an eternity in hell. Right. That's what I meant earlier when I said enemy. People don't want to think this, but no, no, no. If you don't if you don't see your sin and 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 um know Christ. Yeah. You actually are an enemy of God. You hate God. You hate God. You hate God. So this whole idea, oh, well, God hates the sin but loves the sinner. Um again, it depends what you mean by all what that. You, right? Yeah, when so tell, explain to me, I would want to ask him, explain to me then, like, how does that apply then to a sinner perishing in hell for eternity? Yeah. So this is where you have to, you have to understand, uh, God's elect, those, Jesus, you know, was all over John 13, it was all, it's all over the gospel of John, he mm-hmm. has his sheep, he knows his own, those who the Father draws are his, he won't lose any of them, none of them will perish, they're his, yeah, he, he dies for them. He that he, begins a good work will complete it. Yep, that's Philippians, it. yep. yep I love uh, it. Elect, election, 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 the elect, those are, he, he is, they are the object of his love. Right. And so, if, if he loves 
them, there is this, there is this reality of in loving them, he, he, because he loves them, because yeah. he loves his betrothed, because he loves That's his right. bride, he hates, uh, and is opposed to those who are against his love. Yeah. Does that make sense? So the, the people of the world, they also hate Christians. Yep. And so what's the, what's the loving husband do to the person who hates his bride or who's out to get his bride? Who, who persecutes his bride, right. who kills his bride, yep. who tortures his bride, who reviles his bride. Yeah. What does he do to that person? you got to start thinking in that way. Well, that's what I was saying earlier on this study I'm recently doing with a bunch of men uh, this last year. We spent a whole year in First John, Second John. That's what I was saying earlier, just probably restating it, obviously. Yeah. His point in First in and Second John is that you really to know Christ is to know the Father. I already said that. Yeah. But it's actually to have a love for one another, a yeah. fellowship with yeah. one another. Yeah. You find a love, a true, godly, covenantal love, even in your own soul for your brother in Christ. Right. Now, he obeys you to follow through with that, but yeah. we blow it. Yep. But you actually find that at work in you. Yep. Is the point. Yep. And it's the same thing here. And so that's why, you know, when we started this whole podcast, Sam, I, I was saying, I think you have to you have to think about this, that um, having loved his own who were in the world. Yep. And listen back to Psalm and so 5. So he served them. He did things. Yeah. He, sat, he cleansed them. This is what he's going to do. Yeah. L- right? Listen to this. This is, this is phenomenal. I mean, this yeah. is David. We know David's life. Yeah. I mean, he was got a man after God's own heart. We talked about David. We've talked about how he's kind of this ideal man, but mm-hmm. he lives a sinful life too. He yeah. does wicked things. Yeah. He commits adultery. Yeah, he, he sure blew it. Yep. He really did blow it. But he's not counted as one of these evildoers that God hates. Why? Verse 7. But I, David speaking, but I... Where, where are we the, at? What chap, what? This is Psalm 5, verse 7. Okay, 5. But yeah, I... So he just got done saying, verse 6 was, You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Very good. Okay. Verse 7. But I... Through the abundance of your steadfast love. There it is. That's a that's that's it's a, a covenant love. Yeah, that's his said. I'm pretty sure that's his said in the Hebrew. Steadfast love, covenant love, covenant faithfulness. Um, you could check me on that. Yeah, but, I'll check it out. But it's this covenant love. Why does does David not perish? And and why isn't he an an object of God's hate and wrath? Because of God's steadfast and covenant love towards him, he has cleansed him of his sins. That's the amazing thing. Yeah, yeah it's his head. Yeah, it's his head. I looked it up. Uh, it's, it's a covenantal term. And he, he says, But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, has said, will enter your house. I will bow down to your holy temple in, your, in the fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. For there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. He's going back to now these unbelievers. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear the guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of the abundance of their transgressions, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But I tell, but but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Right. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favors as with a shield. Yep. So, amazing. Amazing. And, and, and we can't sort that all out. Yep. As I was reading, you know, the old guys recently, you know, you and I have been talking about this, but even in this this visual thing on a Sunday morning we call the church, yep. there's sheep and goats there. Yep. And sometimes who we think are the goats are going to turn out to be the sheep. 
yep. and the sheep of the goats. So, so you have to be humble about it. Yeah. You have to try to well, draw some here, lines. Here, you kinda... Here's a distinction, too, that people often mistake. Yeah, They'll say, well, okay, well, one, we have to realize, fundamentally, this is a presupposition. We're not God. Right. So things that God does and applies to him don't necessarily apply to us. Very good. Okay, God does tell us to love our enemies. Yep. And bless those who curse us. Yeah. He says, don't take vengeance. Right. What does he say? Vengeance is mine. That's Romans, the very end of Romans 12, transitioning yeah. into Romans 13. He's saying that I, yep. the Lord, yep. I will avenge. Right. I will avenge. Yep. I will pour out my wrath. Yep. I will punish. Yep. I'm the judge. Very good. You're not. Right. So, so God so, does things that we don't get to do. Yeah. We love our enemies because guess what? We deserve to go to hell too. Right. We're not any better than anybody else. <laughs> right. We all need cleansing. Right. So so so, yeah. so our call then, yeah, as a man, finite man, yeah, sitting here, and everybody listening to this, here's our call is that we don't hate, but we don't affirm. Right. But what do we do? We bring the gospel. We bring the gospel. We call people to repent. I come to you and say this is every human being needs to hear this. Yep. Yep. Everyone. Who God is, who man is, we're fallen, we're separated from God. We're under his wrath. It's absolutely true. Yep. And the provision is this one. Yep. This amazing reality of Jesus and the cross and what he's done for us. And you turn from your sin and trust Christ. Yeah. That's my call. That's love. I can't. <laughs> right. That's 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 love in action. And, and then God sorts all that out. Yep. It's not for me to sort it out, right? So yep, I don't have it. to say. So, so my goal isn't to say, well, they're the enemy. They're not the enemy. In a real sense, I don't. I mean, I can do that when I talk theologically about God. He has yeah. that sorted out. I don't always know that. I think that's what I was getting at, even in my church on a Sunday morning, yeah. if you want to say it that way. There, there needs, so I would even say, of course there needs to be a humility. There could be the person in your midst that's living the, the, you know, the perverse lifestyle, and they could actually turn out to be the sheep. Yeah. Today, they don't look like the sheep. Right. So well, it makes be it pretty humble us, and gentle. You know, so that's true. Be, love our brothers, be, love our enemies. Be pretty humble and gentle here, folks. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't affirm it. No, you don't affirm sin. Right. No. There it is. Pent. So I mean, I thought we're at an hour. That's I think that's good. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so 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 could I say something to the, everybody listening? Yeah. Go talk to people about the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go preach. Yeah, go preach the gospel. That's, that's go share the gospel takeaway. with your friends. Yeah, this is the most loving thing you can do, is to show them the the reality. Yeah, of their fallenness, that they're separated from a wonderful, good, holy, just God, and their only hope is to trust Christ. That's it. It's the big takeaway. That's, that's always the big takeaway. That's the takeaway. Yeah, that's the message. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, I mean, maybe that helped you think about that. Uh, Super Bowl commercial a little bit more but man it, it could have been a good one <laughs> they just would have done one more scene where people forsake their lives and trust in Christ man so thanks for listening to this episode of the Preaching Persuade podcast again uh, if you would help us out you could leave a review uh, you could leave a rating on Apple Podcast or Spotify you could share uh, the show or an episode with friends that would really really help us out a lot um, I think on Apple Podcasts, I mean, I, I haven't had a lot of ratings. I think we're like in the 30s. But if we could, like, if you if you haven't left a rating, if you're listening right now, you haven't left a rating, you do listen to this and you do like it, like, leave a rating. It'd be cool to get up to, like, 50 in a matter of, like, a month. That'd be really great. Mm. So if you could just 
leave a rating. That'd be awesome. Uh, but thanks again for listening and have a great day. Bye.